0: Welcome to the newest audio experience by Pearl River Flow. Today we're bringing you Pearl River Roll, an audio exploration of playing a game of Dungeons & Dragons with two people who haven't played the game before, one person who has, and me, your faithful dungeon master, F.P. Jerome. Before I get going on the game, let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen to your ears during this podcast. Your ears are going to be receiving sounds that we hope paint a pretty picture. A pretty picture of a town called Greygast. A setting that is brought to us by the wonderful people over at Many Sided Dice. Check them out at manysideddice.com. Greygast is a cosmopolitan city of wonder and amazement. High fantasy, low fantasy, weird fantasy, it all takes place in Great We also want to thank the people at GRITS, that's Geeks Recording in the South. You can find them on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and all the other usual suspects. Speaking of the South, that's where we're located, on the banks of the wonderful Pearl River. More specifically today, we are located inside of Salsa, Mississippi, who I'd love to thank for teaching me how to salsa and also for letting us record the podcast here. We're going to be playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition uh, with a little bit of help from some modifications that I've mulled over with the guys at Many Sided Dice and myself. Throughout the game, you'll be hearing me take little breaks to fill you in on what is going on as the Dungeon Master. That'll be gameplay temps for your campaign, Or things to ask your dungeon master about if maybe you feel like you need a little more Pearl River Roll experience at your tabletop. Now, we're about to get into the meat of the pre-recorded episode here. I just want to let you know you can subscribe and find the rest of the episodes using all your favorite podcasting methods and magics. But uh, whenever you hear this sound, you will know that we are taking a brief break out of the played game so that I can explain something to you out of time and out of place. But that's enough introduction. Let's get on. Well, uh, let's get on to the introductions. And I'll be your dungeon master, Patrick Jerome, providing voices to all the little characters that you see and feel today. I am joined today with...
1: Uh, My name is Daniel Palmer. Uh, I'm your local stand-up phenom. Uh, I run an open mic every... The last Tuesday of every month. Uh, I'll be playing Randall Rhodes today. Uh, Human Barbarian. Level 1. Basic stuff. Going to be bringing a little bit of flair to it though, Daddy.
0: See how it's going to go. Hi there. Dungeon Master speaking. You'll notice my little uh, post-game comments due to the sound you just heard. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to point out here that I don't know what uh, voice Daniel's character is supposed to be doing there. I'm assuming uh, from the name it's Randy Rhodes from uh, The Wrestling that I forgot to watch as a kid. Uh, I mean, I watched a lot of wrestling, but uh, not that one. Second, um, his barbarian was not exactly stock. We used the alternate human advancement to give him a feat at first level, and we gave him Tavern Brawler. When I did this, Tavern Brawler did not include unarmed combat in its uh, purview. However, I've been told that ta- now Tavern Brawler does include unarmed combat in its purview, so I just want to take credit for that, even though I never knew it happened. Anyway, uh, back, back, to the, back to the introductions. No, wait, not back to the introductions. I do want to also point out that the Tavern Brawler thing for the Barbarian is amazing. Anybody thinking about doing this should really do it because uh, the Barbarian gets the Barbarian gets a feat where their armor class is increased by their constitution if they're not wearing armor. Which makes them amazing at uh, like fights that are, they don't need quick draw. They don't need to go get on their armor. They can just jump out of bed or be wearing their street clothes and get into a fight, and it's great. Uh, it really adds a bit of a roguish uh, flair to the character, I think. Anyway,
2: My name is Robert Morris. I uh, do podcasts called Reality Breach. I'm also on the Bruce Network. Um, I'll be playing a half orc. His name is Bond from the Stacks, and he is all about the people,
0: baby. Uh, Dungeon Master speaking here. Just a quick word. Uh, the Stacks, where Bond's from, is kind of the low part of town. A lot of lower class people. It's poor, very cramped, crowded, dirty. It is where they will be doing a lot of their adventuring because it is also near where their barracks is. Anyway.
3: I'm James Cody, semi amateur stand up open mic comedian. Uh, I'll be playing Eldon F. Drebin, uh, former sailor, current ranger, and uh, all around impulsive guy.
2: I
0: will say that he is, uh, Cody is playing an elf, and one of the wonderful things about the Flannels uh, World of Grey is that the elves. Having fallen from a mighty empire that was, you know, held thousands of years ago have become a little bit, um, you know, they're a little bit like white trash now. They're rough. They're involved in a lot of crime. They, they live a long time and they know shit and they are dangerous. But these ain't the elves of uh, EverQuest here. These guys are kind of shady in general. And, well, he's a wood elf, so he's even worse. Anyway, oh man, we've got a real crew of of, uh, level one badasses here today, folks. And you know how it is often when you're a level one badass, things maybe don't turn out the best for you, which is why these three are now constables for the Grey Watch, uh, for the Grey Guard. The Grey Guard is the city of Grey Ghast's first and only line of defense against things that go on within the city walls. The city of Grey Ghast, ancient as it is, has many. Things going on—magical, mundane, and otherwise—that brave constables like these are often called upon to attend. Since the constabulary is one of the best paths to citizenships and respects in Graygast, people with uh, very little of either often take up the job. Which is where these three come in. We're going to be joining them on the first day of patrols—not their first day. These uh, guys have been. Have been city watch cops for a few few months now, and but we're going to join them on the beginning of a normal normal week for the member of the Grey Guard. Starting them off as an established adventuring crew was a conscious choice. I do enjoy the first little get-togethers and how do we know each other and cool introductory sequences you can do as a dungeon master. However, it's not always for the best, and in this case, I wanted to cut it out entirely and let them get to what they do. Anyway, as uh, the the barracks are shifting from night shift to day shift, and we're going to see who wakes up first. Let's get some constitution rolls here, people.
2: Five. Mmm. I'm knocked out. Seven.
0: Seven, five, and an eleven. All right, one person gets up at the appropriate time. Randall, you go into the kitchen.
1: Uh, you you you're you know your way around the kitchen. Is that correct? Yes, sir, sweet daddy. Randall is a good cook, baby. And he,
0: he who are you telling that to? You just uh, the, whoever's in the kitchen. You're just letting them know.
1: Oh yes, baby.
0: There are some guys in the kitchen. Uh, the. The two other morning crews are kind of rolling in here. You've got the gruesome goblins. They are, uh, it's two goblins and this guy who's like a, ha- a um, hobgoblin. They, they're they the morning crew. Uh, the hobgoblin, Bartleby Jones, comes up to you. He's like, ah, you're going to be cooking breakfast
1: today. How's it going, Bartleby? Yes, yes, I will be cooking breakfast today. Getting started. We're gonna get some ham. We're gonna get some eggs. We're gonna get some bacon, baby. We're gonna get that good bacon grease. We're gonna cook it up, baby. We're gonna set it on fire. and We're gonna burn it down. He's just nodding.
0: He, 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 he lost, you lost him like three seconds in. And <laughs> I mean, he's not dumb, but you know, he doesn't know where that was going.
1: I understand.
0: So uh, get, get into the kitchen. Give us some, give us some cooking rolls. That's a 21, baby. 21. (laughs) This dude whips up, gets into the kitchen. You guys are awoken by the amazing scent coming into your uh, barracks there, coming into your dorms. You're in your cots, fast asleep, and suddenly the, the sizzle of bacon, sizzle of sausage hits your ears. The smell of smoked meats and fat hits your noses. There appears to be also... Bread of some sort. Freshly baked bread. Like, I'm not going to lie. I got a little hungry describing this. Something that you should always think about as your dungeon master if you have an elaborate food-based scene set out. Make sure you have snacks. We, We honestly had to go grab chips and stuff after this, and it was not nearly as satisfying as listening to me and them talk about delicious breakfast meats. Anyway. Uh, and, and you're awoken. You walk in. You see there's uh, six guards in there, Eden. There's the uh, the Bartleby Jones and his gruesome goblins. And then there's Daryl Dortmunder. He's a dwarf who runs a uh, crew called Carl's Kobolds. That, there, there's no Carl in Carl's Kobolds. <laughs> uh, Carl, unfortunately, didn't make it. Uh, but it's two kobolds, kobolds and Daryl the dwarf. That's, they're kind of—they're not really your competition, but they are the crew that is out at the same time that you guys are. So y'all often wind up working together on things. But uh, Daryl is—man—he's got a big pot of co- a big mug of coffee. He's down in it. He doesn't even know where Randall got all this extra extra grub from. Uh, Randall maybe did a favor for the quartermaster, or just found some previously unfound supplies. But this is the finest breakfast you guys have ever had cooked. There, everything is, oh man. I'm, I'm getting hungry just thinking about how good this breakfast is. And you walk in.
3: Well, Elvin's gonna go right for the protein. Gotta keep it regular. Uh, ingest a little bit of protein every two hours, baby. Gotta keep that pump on, gotta stay strong, gotta stay healthy, all right.
0: As you, as you give your, uh, your protein talk, like, Daryl immediately tries to leave the table. He's like, oh, shit. Got uh, to, i, I got to
3: put my arm around him to <laughs> keep him.
0: He's got a really big shoulder. He's a dwarf. Well, we'll
3: try. A little louder. All right. Yeah, I'd like to try to put an arm around him and kind of keep him at the table with me.
0: Oh, I man, you're rolling for this. OK, this is a pretty aggressive arm. Six, six. <laughs> three, you're like, two. you're like Daryl. Daryl is a dwarf, and he's really broads. So he just kind of drops his center of gravity and slides away, and goes, "Hey, <laughs> man, it. uh, it's good, good seeing you there." Uh, urban, Elden, Elden, Urban, uh, drubbin Yeah, no, uh, uh, damn it, mm-hmm. I can never remember human names or, or Elven names are so weird.
3: No, Eldon's just going to trail off to the guy to the left of him and start talking about
2: fitness to him.
0: Okay. He goes up to a kobold and starts talking about fitness. What are are you doing, Bond? Bond's going
2: to walk up. Bond's going to walk in and be like, morning, man Randall. Man, you tore that up, dog. I'm going to give you a fist pump."
0: Randall. Randall, he comes up to you with his fist out.
1: You've seen this before. Oh, yes, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. I will graciously fist bump him back. And as I do, I will look him in the eyes and say, Daddy, we're going to sell out the Superdome tonight, Daddy. It's going to be a Bond burner. Bond looks at him and says,
2: Superdome, gotcha. He's
0: always talking about the Superdome, and you, you have no fucking clue what it is.
2: At this point, Bond is just
0: accepted. Accepted for what it is. Maybe one day, you'll ask him about it. All right, again, is it. does anybody want to talk to Bartleby or Daryl or anything like that? I'm going to walk up to um,
2: Bartleby and just look at him. Because I really don't like him.
0: Okay. Well, Bartleby sees you looking at him. And uh, he's a hobgoblin, so he kind of maybe isn't the best with social cues. He nods at you. Mm. Bongo, up. Ah oh, man. Fine. So, you know, you heard about last night, right? No. So, apparently some idiots got in and uh, they started a fire down in uh, down in the stacks. Don't know what they were doing there, but uh, they were trying to trying to start a I I don't know, Trying to start a robbery or something, you know, it, uh, Garm doesn't tell me everything. He just said something about a fire and a robbery and an obelisk and, uh, you know, I don't even know. Is that a lizard? Is an obelisk a lizard?
1: No, baby. An obelisk is a statue, man. What are you, a moron? Who is this guy? Yeah,
3: what are you, a moron? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fuck you guys. Hey, man, Randall, man, I thought man, you man. were okay with this breakfast, man. Look, but, Daddy, I don't have to like you to cook a, a good breakfast for you. I ain't got no problems with you, but if you're going to come into my face and ask me if a ask me if a, uh, an obelisk is a lizard, baby, I'm going I'm to tell you straight to your face, man. You dumber than a bag of dirt.
0: He thinks about that for a minute. The well, little I'm, goblin guys that are hanging out with him, they're laughing at him. And then he just like straight up backhands one of them. He's like, "Shut up!" <laughs> Goblin guy's like, "Ah, man, fuck you, buddy. I, I don't have to put up with this. Ow, ow! I'm gonna tell Garm about this." And then right as he says, "I'm gonna tell Garm about this," you gotta see a big dwarf kind of just lumber into the lumber into the barracks, to the dining hall. He's got a big, big mug in one hand, a uh, a, a flagon, a stein. It's got some booze in it, and he's looking at everybody and he goes, hey! What in the hell's going on in my mess hall here? I got people slapping each other and calling each other obelisks. What the fuck is going on here?
2: Just another morning, sir.
0: Ah, Bon. Get these two screwballs put their screwed heads on, screwed on right.
2: Gotcha, sir. Hey! Screw your heads on right so you can be screwed forever. Screwing down, boss. Uh,
1: Randall recognizes this guy, correct? Yes.
0: You guys all recognize this is Garm Stoutfist. He's yells. Uh, boss. He is kind of the, the head of the stacks right now. His boss is up for retirement. Today is his boss's last day, so he's not doing anything today. Garm is very much trying to make sure that his boss doesn't die on the day of his retirement. Because that happens sometimes,
1: and it's a shame. Uh, Randall's going to fix Garm a plate and bring it to him.
0: You do that. It works out real well for Garm. What's your charisma? Uh, Plus one. 13. The man actually, yeah, you know, for a guy who uh, often runs around shirtless, Randall is pretty charismatic comes up and he he puts he puts his plate down a little bit of flare and he's like, look at this and Garm. It should perhaps be pointed out that I have no idea why GARM has a Scottish accent. It's just something I feel like dwarfs should have. Anyway. Oh uh, no that's what I'm talking about. Uh, the rest of you wee daft arseholes would learn a few things or three from this man here fixing up a good plate of breakfast like that. Now look, tell you about what's going on this morning. Uh, We got a report coming in from the stacks here, up against the wall, reports of some kind of wild animals uh, gotten loose, wandering around, doing deeds to people. I don't like the sound of that. Not in my watch. Nothing like animals wandering the streets going to happen on Garm Stoutfist's watch. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you now? Tell me what I'm saying.
1: Oh yeah, baby. You say that's wild animals. Is this a fabulous free bird? Don't tell me it's some dastardly killer bees, baby. What we going after here?
0: He looks at you for a minute. He's thinking about this one real hard. He drinks. Oh, uh, you lads want to know what you're going up against, do you? <laughs> it's the most fearsome of all landish, land-ish. And they're, they're really, they're not just land animals, you know. That's what's so damn dangerous about them. They can be in the sky. They can be in the water. They can be on the ground talking about geese lads, wild fucking geese.
1: Oh damn it, baby. Don't tell me it's geese, baby. Anything but geese, baby. I swear to God, I hate a goose. So you
2: mean to tell me that we are gonna have to fight something that can go on land, water, air can fly? Yeah. So you mean to tell me that we're gonna have to go against something that can do three things?
0: Uh, They can do more than those three things, lad. They can peck your eyes out. They can claw you with their sharp little pointy toes. You got to be careful. You know what old Garm Stoutfist says about fighting a goose? If you got to fight a goose, use one goose as a shield against the other.
1: (laughs) That's good advice.
0: Now, there were several ways that they could have found out more about what their first mission was, but I figured that that uh, 21 roll on making breakfast was good enough to count as their persuasion. So, you know, sometimes when you are the dungeon master and you kind of want to move things along, it's a good idea to take an earlier roll like that and just play it through. I like to do that when players roll well or when they roll exceptionally poorly. I don't like to do that if it's just a barely a success or if it's just barely a failure. That makes each roll seem more important, uh, unless it's, you know, just middling, in which case we can forget about it. Like we do so many things anyway. yeah now. You better, get on, uh, you better get you on your wagon there and get on to it because uh, I'm going to eat the rest of this breakfast and I don't want the rest of you guys getting in on it.
3: Eldon's uh, going to get a little bit of turkey leg, put it in a pocket, and a little bit of beef jerky. Like I said, got to stay regular every couple hours, a little bit of protein, you know what I
0: mean? That man there is smart, stocking up on meats. You never know. When a turkey leg will come in. Did I tell you about the time I killed a man with a turkey leg? You guys, he has told you about the time he (laughs) killed a man with a turkey leg. Boss man, that's (laughs) one of my favorite stories right there. But I do believe
3: we got to get going, all right?
0: Yeah, all right. Get uh, get your wee lasses out of here. You all are lasses, right? Yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell you humans. Only the men have beards. That's that's messed up.
2: It's messed up. Bond has already grabbed both of the, both <laughs> the guys and walked out
0: the door as he was talking. Garm is still talking as you leave. He's <laughs> like, eh, you know, a woman with a beard back when I was in the band you Guys <laughs> trails off as y'all walk to, the, uh, to where you keep your patrol wagon. Okay, so you guys go to the armory, you get your armor, you get your weapons that you normally carry. We've all discussed this beforehand, so you know what you have. You got your clubs, your short swords, your blah, blah, blah. Now you may be wondering about all of the buying weapons and how I go about equipping everybody before the game. For 5th edition, I do like to use the adventurer packs. We did modify them slightly to uh, represent that the constables probably have a little more available weaponry and things like that, but... I do like to try and uh, make sure that the players are using all of these special abilities that each weapon has in fifth edition. Uh, I feel that that adds a lot of flair and a lot of little tactical decisions that don't really make or break a match, but can be important sitting down and buying every last piece of rope and gear and everything like that can kind of bog things down in the beginning. Uh, if, I'm going to have my players do that. I like to have them do it in the session before we actually all meet up. Uh, If you don't do that, if you just use the adventurer's gear, which is a good option, it's fun to kind of have people get level one gear in the first game. So, you, you know, you find a short sword and it's actually kind of interesting and you don't really have to worry about it as a dungeon master being unbalanced. Because it's just stuff that they could have bought at level one. Anyway. You, you've strapped up. You're ready to roll. You go out to the back where uh, Randall keeps his chuck wagon. He calls it the chuck wagon. It is, in fact, a chuck wagon designed to deliver food and uh, bring food out into the field to constables. Randall's in charge of it and uses it as, you guys's patrol, uh, as your patrol's official vehicle. Man, I know some of you players in Dungeon Masters right now are going, hey, there's no way they could afford a cart and a donkey. And good job. Good eye. But I like to give my characters this sort of transportation in a game like this. Uh, If it were set on like a river or a city, they have a cart or a boat to go to. Now, if we were playing a... uh, Lord of the Rings style game where the object was to just do long distance travel, then no, I wouldn't give this to them right off the bat. But the reason they get it in this situation is because it's the same reason that people want to have a starship and Knights of the old Republic. You know, you get your Ebon Hawk, you have a base of operations. that's mobile. It's a thing that is iconic that they can go to, to kind of signal when they want to transition from adventure to adventure. It also serves as a little place to carry things and put things that they might not want to be thinking about too much and can be an adventure hook in and of itself. Somebody steals the cart, for instance, since they're constables in a large city, I also don't feel that this is an outrageous thing to give them. There is a ill-tempered donkey (laughs) that for whatever reason, Randall really gets along with, and also uh, Elvin gets along with. Elbin? Elvin. Eldon. Why do I keep saying Elbin? <laughs> Elvin. I have it written down right here. <laughs>
3: well, Elvin's gonna take this opportunity to tell you guys about a new sport him and his friends are getting into, calling it Forest Core. <laughs> and we like to hop tree to tree, do some sweet flips, things like that, man. Yo, you gotta come along. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta join me on
1: that sounds cool, Daddy. you got to have a lot of stamina for something like that.
3: Oh, you got to be real strong, real strong. Good hand strength.
2: Man.
1: Mm, I'm not doing it.
3: Buddy, you never want to do anything with us. I don't even know why we listen to you sometimes.
2: Because I'm, I'm ranked higher than you. That would make sense, I'm sorry. It God. makes all the sense. Okay. Man, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to eat my jerky
0: and shut up. <laughs> all right. Eldon starts chewing on some jerky. And as Elbin starts chewing on his jerky, we end our first episode, and I really want to thank everybody for listening. If you tune in tomorrow, we're going to update specially quick just for you, and we're going to have our first big action scene versus geese. Uh, You guys, I hope you've enjoyed it. This has been Pearl River Roll. We're going to get to the action tomorrow special update. After that, we're going to be updating once a week. But we're going to throw in a little something special just for you tomorrow. Action. Man versus goose. Well, man and man and man versus lots of geese. I am your dungeon master, Patrick Jerome. Thank you so much for listening from Pearl River Flow. This has been Pearl River Roll.